The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. I'll tell you what, man. You would have thought not being a driver during the month of May, you'd have a lot more time. You do not. You do not. If you decide to take up a career in television, May is very busy and stressful. Also, when your wife is not home to help with life and you're doing it all on your lonesome. That's not true. I've had some help from my brother and brother-in-law. All right, so... James, you've been busy. Alex, you didn't have anything to do on Sunday. Ooh. <laughs> I didn't have anything to do on Sunday because we suck. Yeah, you're right. Thanks. <laughs> All right, so qualifying weekend at the Indianapolis 500 for the Indy 500 has happened. Alex, where did you end up? I don't know. Oh, I 20th. Depends on what... You know, picture the pile on IndyCar posts. So, so IndyCar does gonna, their traditional. I'm going to go to them and be like, "Hi, it says I'm 16th." So I'm lining up 16th. Deal with it. Yeah. They did their traditional uh, front row photo, you know, on the on the front straight there, and the pylons in the background, and the numbers outside the top 12 are not correct in their entirety. So, well, 33 is a lot of numbers. I get it. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. But I just like, feel like they've been up there all week. Why should they have changed? It's a lot it's, of buttons, it, David. It's it's just something that, you know, is automatic. Like, it's not like someone's inputting it. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Someone's not sitting there. Doo, 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 doo. Well, did it have anything to do with people who threw away their time but then got it back? No. Nope. Shouldn't have. Okay. Then if anything, yeah. Yeah. No. No. Because yeah. that was only one person. Only one person got their time back. This might be the lowest energy all three of us have been going into an episode. What's your excuse, Tim? Yeah, Tim, because let's be honest, you legitimately do nothing. Are you you still tired from taking Monday off and going to Disneyland with your daughter? Oh, my goodness. So I went to Universal. Oh, whatever. Uh, No, I had the red eye into Indy last night, but I didn't realize that I had a connection in Atlanta. That's then, almost as, as, as poor of a travel planning as James Hinchcliffe. That's worse because yeah. I just don't do red ice unless it's an absolutely mandatory situation. No, no. You just fly Indianapolis to Florida via Shanghai. Hey, it's whatever, man. So rid- it's so it's annoying good for the miles. flying west to east because like, if you don't take the red eye, then you burn a full day. 
Correct. Again, you have nothing to do. (laughs) Well, I thought I was going to hang out with Alex because it's our Tuesday tradition, but now... uh... Now he's got something to that. Do not do not blame your flight preference on me. I made sure to be here on Tuesday for you. Well, not, first of all, you got here Tuesday night. You know, for the people <laughs> that plan my schedules. Second of all, I don't feel bad because you have a girlfriend in this town, so you'll be okay. Third of all, That's third funny. of all, no, nothing. It's just third of all, he could have gotten a normal flight and landed at five fifteen, and if I was free this evening, we could have still done whatever we were going to do. Okay, There's so absolutely no way you can land at 5.15 coming from L.A. to Indianapolis. Okay, two questions. true at all. Yeah, I don't think that's accurate, but two questions. There's, there's, no, there's, there's, there's 10 a.m. flights all the time. Two questions. I'm going to... And then we'll get back questions. to this. First of all, so for the viewers, what is your guys' Tuesday pre-Indy 500 tradition? We can't talk about it. We just hang it. out. Yeah, we just hang out. Okay. How long have you been doing it? Off and on for, for a long time. Right. So 2016, I guess, was good. Since then, though, maybe you need to mix up yeah, your traditions. It's really only... Well, we've never done it again properly, but yeah, we can't get into all the details. Ooh, uh, how mysterious. We tried to do it last year, and that was one of the worst Indy 500s I've ever had. So. That's fair. That's fair. That's what I'm saying. Maybe it's time uh, to mix it up. All right, well, hang on. Let's okay, and then wait, and then. All right. Um, so I was flying. I had the ten twenty out and land in Atlanta. Bro, at bro, I cannot tell you how much our listeners do not give a shit about your what you're using. You want to speed you right now, trying to see how to get to Indy sooner. You're already here. Oh, Problem solved. Oh, <laughs> can you guys not hear me? No, we can hear you. We don't, we care, don't care about what you're saying. No, no, I was saying. So <laughs> then my my connecting flight got canceled. So I we also don't care about your travel problems. Layover. I was explaining why I'm tired because I thought we were all talking about why we're tired. Oh. Man, we are yeah, all in You went <laughs> and we, I'm going to do what I do with my eight-year-old. I think we all need a reset. Just so, just, okay, all right, you back up. Reset. Dude, you so, could have left at 5.45 in the morning and gotten here at 4.45. I don't know what your problem is. What are you bitching about? Oh, my God. So that you, you mentioned in the you mentioned in the text chat, Tim, how you wanted to talk about how uh, – airplane or airport furniture is designed specifically to be not comfortable enough to sleep in 605 get here at 330 alex (laughs) yes so i my hour and 15 minute layover ended up being seven hours in atlanta because that's unfortunate canceled and i understand why they don't want to make the the place like too comfortable to fall asleep because people will miss yes they're doing it for your benefit designate but there should be designated sections for like, all right, you got a crazy layover. You're enough of an adult. You can set an alarm. Like, I feel like they have, they have like certain places you can rent a little pod and go to sleep. They do. Like, they do. And it was sold the f- out. Yeah, because you weren't the only person plan, on that plane. Yeah, I didn't get to plan ahead because I wasn't planning on being there for seven hours. I was planning on being there for an hour. Also, so, Alex, can we acknowledge that this travel plan was as bad as mine or like worse than mine? Because not only was it a red eye, he flew from L.A. to Atlanta to get yeah, to Indianapolis. This was definitely a hinge. <laughs> this was definitely a hinge. This is this I is just, as just, bad, if not worse. I just loved how he left all of his status and everything in American Airlines because he thought Delta was going to be that much better. OK, this I don't know. I, I understand flight cancellations and delays. I don't hold this against Delta. They were really good about rebooking me. I was on the next available flight. Seven I don't hours have any later. issue with that. Yeah, but okay, that happens. That's air travel. You're getting in a metal tube and getting thrown across the country. I get that sometimes things happen. And everybody that I dealt with helped me get rebooked. You know, it was all fine. 
So no, a new no format record. for Indy 500 qualifying this year, and uh, <laughs> let's let's dive into that a little bit. Uh, I'm um, lay down. Good, good. <laughs> so Alex, let's. I mean, yes, fine. You you got a bad draw. It seemed like this year the draw was like more dramatic and. I don't know. Oh God. <laughs> so you had a late draw. I mean, you it watched was definitely... it all. Why don't you just give us your opinion? Because people want to hear from the guy that was in it. Yeah, but I mean, he already had so much to say on NBC. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Alex, Alex, who's famous for brevity in his interviews, outdid even himself after his first qualifying attempt, uh, which did not go as planned due to several circumstances. I don't know what people are so upset about. I told them what happened. (laughs) I think you no, you didn't tell them really. Yeah. You didn't really you tell him anything more than what we saw. Yeah, yeah you used I feel more like... words describing your interview just now than you used in that interview. I answered the questions just shortly, <laughs> very briefly. Yes, very briefly. Um, so, so yes, fine. The qualifying order seemed to have a big effect. Yeah. The guys that went first were like yeah. insanely fast. Yep. The guys that went later, with a very few exceptions, main, Marcus main being reason, one, Will being the other, but. Uh, the weather's been wild in Speedway this year. so It's, it's been wind, like everything. Yeah, so wind has been very dramatic. Um, and inconsistent. And inconsistent. And I think it's funny. We actually, I mean, I'm not just saying this as an excuse because we probably, I, even if we made it to the top 12, I think we would have. Anyways. Um, Ganassi was very, very strong. They did a great job. So the fact they got five cars in the Fast 12 is a phenomenal accomplishment. And for the top six. Be that as it may, we plotted out um, every single car that ran in the their first run, right? Air temp, density, wind speed, and track temp. And believe it or not, like position 24 was the worst of all of those categories, which is when I went. Like 25 was a little bit better. <laughs> 23 was a little bit better. 24 was the peak of everything. Of all the bad stuff. Of all the, all the bad. Now, we still made Meteorologists so, refer to that as the Alex Rossi zone. No, it was just, it was phenomenal. Because when they, it was just, it became comical. Because it was like, that adds up, honestly. Yeah. That makes a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah, that tracks. We, that, we still should have been able to be, to overcome that with the inherent, I think, just speed of the car. So, we still we still effed it up. Um, with that being said, I think I I have never in my Indy Annapolis 500 qualifying career been able to. Well, this was the first time I've ever gotten the opportunity to do a second run. Really? Yeah. Interesting. But this year, because of the weather, it was like not even. It wasn't even. It was just so chaotic and not really planned and nothing was perfect because we were just trying to beat weather. And yeah. And so um, just, sorry, let me just, just so if anyone didn't watch the, 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 we were having rain, rain was coming in and we needed to get one attempt for all 33 cars done on Saturday for it to be an official grid. If not, we would have had to throw everything out and do it all on Sunday. So we got through the original 33, but the weather was very quickly approaching. So a lot of drivers wanted to go back out and try and improve their time, try to, bump into the top 12 so it was very as alex said chaotic in pit lane carry on and because weather was coming ultimately like i think everyone finished their first run around 130 ish 30 ish yeah 
And then at that point, you know, you tracks open and you can go do whatever you want. Now, usually it would have been green till 5.30. So there would have been plenty of time to kind of analyze and process and, and make, you know, informed, educated decisions on what you need to do to improve. And then go back out there when, you know, the wind looked like it was going to be calm for a little bit or a little bit of cloud cover was coming. You could have some strategy behind it. This was just a, a free, especially because we were towards the, the back of the line. It was a free for all to go through tech, get the car cooled, throw on a trim slash downforce level that we thought was good and just go back out there, pull our time because we knew we had no chance waiting in lane two. So we went to line one. Ultimately, we went slower. That being said, we were going to end up 17th. We ended up 20th or 20th. 20th. Yeah. 20th. Wasn't a big deal. If it had played off, we probably could have gotten in the fast 12. Great. So I, I'm all for the risk. I was part of the decision to take the risk. We lost spots. Didn't really hurt us that much. And again, you're willing to take that risk when it's only a field of 33, right? You never do right. that when there's the potential that you could go out, blow an engine, crash, whatever. Then you're not in the race. So... That was why I think you saw a lot of guys pull their time. Obviously, McLaughlin did it. He lost a lot more spots than I did. Tough. Sage um, did it. Actually made up ground. Sage improved. Joseph got saved by the oh. weather. I'm still, I'm not convinced that like Roger didn't see what happened with Scott and then just like called race control. It was like, hey, I, I saw some lightning. Definitely, <laughs> definitely lightning happened. There. No. Yeah, no, I super saw lightning. Um, so Joseph got saved. Otherwise, he would have gone from whatever, 13th to the mid-20s. Um, and ultimately, you know, it was just a, the qualifying format on the Saturday for the Indy 500 is, is cool in a sense, but it is also so supremely frustrating because it is so poorly organized. And I think, I think they want it that way. In what, bit. in what way? In what way? The, the fight that exists, you should have seen what was happening in the garages as you know that first storm passed and then sage and scott ultimately went out after that rain shower well we knew that sage and scott were going to be able to go out because they were the first two cars in line and then there was you know a, another two or three cars ahead of us they were kind of in in the order but it was just a like a, a fight to push out from the garage to pit lane everyone's screaming at each other my front wing probably broke three or four ankles. I was in the car, just people were pushing and shoving and everything. And then you're racing and fighting to get to the, the fuel, the fueling area in pit lane because you can't fuel the cars in the garage. And it's just, I understand that there's a sense of like the tradition behind what this is, but it's also 2022. And there should be some sort of sequence of events that occurs that where I don't know if it's like a, a digital system or something where you basically pull a number and you get to go out or you reserve a time slot or something because the amount like cars that were rolling after I was leaving the garage that took a line that had less fans and less crew members because they had a more diagonal shot to the fuel there was a car that passed like six of us and it wasn't because they were ready first. It's not because they were doing anything different. It's just literally we were stuck in this little like window with fans and golf carts and we couldn't go and we were trying to pull back, but there was a car behind us and all this stuff. And it's just like, that's stupid. That's dumb. So like why, 
we should have the garages closed to fans during qualifying. Because because why does it need to be a race out? Why why does that need to be a well? It, it, it's not though, right? Your guaranteed is. attempt is not a race. Everything after that's no, up to you. Yeah, the, no, I know, but like, why okay, but it, so why how do you how do that? how do you control it then? You just go back oh, no. again in the same order? No, no. You literally say I I want to go again, and then you're like, okay, well, you go first, and whether you push out there or not, or whether the tech official deems that one car moved his wheels slightly before the other car, that means they have priority to fuel. It's it's not a correct system. You know, there's yeah, there's okay. one person that's making a decision as to what line is moving based on what he sees. And this is all just the fight to get into line. Okay. You know? Yeah, I, I don't I have disagree. no issue with I'm lane just... one, lane two. I just have an issue with these cars are big. Okay. They take a lot of people, a lot of to get them started, to get them into position. It's not something where you can just like push your car up. Gasoline alley is very narrow. There's just a lot of factors that contribute to, say there was a bigger window of time than the six minutes that we got when the track was dry when when Sage and Scott got to go out. Let's say it was a 45-minute window. Well, I potentially may have been able to go or not go based on the luck of someone being chosen to go fuel and not have fan interference with him getting out to pit lane. Okay. I just don't think that that's... No, yeah, I, I agree with that. But so is the if you're gonna if you're gonna if you're gonna pick a part of system, we gotta come up with an alternate way of doing it, right? You gotta you gotta come up with a solution. So if the if the issue was your card this did, is America, we can just no, complain. No, it's purely a reservation based system. It's first come, first serve. And then so it's that like, means you need clear. you need an official with every car or at least every team manager, and they have no. to alert that official no. when they're no, nominated to go. Jeopardy what? buttons. No, every stop. garage has a Jeopardy button. When you're rolling out, you hit it. That's the order. No, why can't you? Why can't you Sofros the the IM system that we have the Microsoft Teams of sorts? Yeah, yeah. And when you decide that you're going to go out again, you send a message. And you're going to go out again. You're. It's not everyone's not going to be at the same instant. Right. Right. So if you're trying to play the game of seeing of, of when the clouds are going to come or whatever, you're going to wait and you might fall six or seven guys, cars behind someone that soft rose versus okay. if you just go early. Like, I don't so know what why. if, what if, what if two people respond one, one minute ahead of the other one, but that other car is physically a much greater distance from the fueling line and the you other see, car can another, get there. That's another, that's another thing. Like when you look at where the Andretti Autosport garages are, they're as far away from gasoline alleys you can possibly the, get. They're the farthest ones away possible. So that is a distinct disadvantage that I don't think should be a disadvantage when you think about it. Maybe, maybe there is some old strategy that exists, which is why Foyt is on that first corner. I don't know. Right? Yeah, no, maybe, it's funny. I never even really thought about that. But if it's just a random kind of assignment, that we've just kept for all these years, then that doesn't make any sense. Right? The the one thing I'll say is that this situation was aggravated, I think, largely by the weather, right? Like if you knew you had till 550, you could okay. kind of time it out a little bit differently, but because Not it was really. an unknown. De- no, because I dealt with this last year, okay? So the difference was I was staged in pit lane, okay? But everyone was kind of playing that game as to waiting for the track to cool down or whatever. Okay. Well, because my qualifying 
for the GP pit team pit box was like three or four down from where your Penske Ganassi McLaren pit box was, right? This is 2021. Those cars jumped me getting to lane two. We were rolling first, okay? But they saw us going, okay? And got in front of us and kind of blocked us with a car that wasn't even going to go to qualifying. Right, right. right. And then IndyCar decided that that car had priority because they were a nose ahead. But it's like, no, no, hold on. We were rolling for 30 seconds. We made the decision to go 30 seconds before those people did. And they were reacting to us. And the only reason that they're in front of us is because of an event that has nothing to do with the Indy 500. Place them farther up pit lane than us. Yeah, I get what you're saying. So, so you could, you could IM and like, have an order. I'm IMing. I'm rolling now. Yeah. Okay? And then if Team X wants to defend against that, be like, cool, I'm going now too. So, okay, they're one car behind you. That's only a two-minute difference on track. Ultimately. But there's an electronic record timestamp right. of who said because when they were was, going. I was yeah, yeah. legitimately sh- should have been the first one to be able to go get into lane two line, and I ended up like six or seven deep, and I missed the cutoff. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I concur. I agree with that. I think that's something that can be adjusted because, like you say, I mean, it is – it is, an, it is an advantage or disadvantage over something arbitrary, whether it's pit lane position or garage location or things like that. That shouldn't have an effect on it. Right. The, anyways, uh, I thought that was, that was something that was very frustrating to experience because this is the one event where, in theory, you should have unlimited attempts to qualify. Anyways, be that as it may, a lot of circumstances people have to deal with. Let's talk about Sunday. The, the, yes, yes, let's do that. So new format for... 2022 in that rather than having the fast nine where each car goes out in reverse order of how they qualified on Saturday uh, with one attempt, you uh, actually had 12 cars, one of the top 12 that got whittled down to the fast six, just like we do in the road courses. So I like that element of it. I like that it's now sort of consistent across all the races. You've got the top 12, you've got the Firestone fast six. That's pretty cool. I actually think it's awesome the challenge especially now that i'm not driving (laughs) that these guys have to go do it twice like back to back that is not easy to do i mean you look at scott dixon after his first run and he's like kind of shaking still and this is a guy that's done 18 of these things and he's won and he's been on the pole four now five times and you know you got to suit up and go do it again you know for all the marbles kind of thing and for the teams getting the car like the cars usually you're never going to be faster on a second run that close together uh, I think they were the fact that both Alex Pillow and Scott Dixon did go faster. I think it's partly because of track conditions getting better, but also just Chip Ganassi Racing doing a bang up job. Um, it was pretty impressive all around. But yeah, I like the new format. What do you think of it? I when they initially published it, I was um, not a fan. But then actually being a part of it, or planning on being a part of it, and then watching <laughs> it, um, I thought it was awesome. You know, so hats off to IndyCar. I think they they made pole day exciting, especially if you're not going to have, you know, an element of bumping, right? This was something that people would show up for because not only are you going to get to see the cars in what I think is kind of their coolest configuration ever, right? Doing doing their ultimate kind of lap. 240 mile an hour entry speed. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. I think that's that's awesome. So the fans get to see it 21 times you know, or sorry, 18 times is really, really cool. Um, I think the fact that, you know, you as a driver have to make that decision 
if say you you transfer to the fast six you got to make the decision it's like it's can i take another step yeah was is that enough do i leave it alone and just try and replicate or do i try and go for more i think that's really cool as well so i i was looking forward to that challenge unfortunately it wasn't meant to be this year but i think um it was a very good format change i think it would have made for great television um and i think that you know the ratings that we got from it kind of showed that as well i think that was a that was a massive amount of people yeah. and eyeballs that want it especially for a day that didn't have any bumping so i think it was a success didn't have any bumping we were up against pga there's a really really good finish to the golf tournament and it was 44 percent up over last year's qualifying and, and there was a lot of people there like i felt like it was the biggest fan turnout on on qualifying yeah, day I, seen I, in a while i felt in pit lane i felt like the energy was low for some reason you know it, there wasn't the weather Maybe it was the weather, um, but like there wasn't like music between cars, and there wasn't like the yeah, yeah. Atmosphere did seem quiet. It was almost too We're, tense. Yeah, usually pole days kind of kind of a party in a sense, and yeah. this one didn't seem that way. But kind of going back to something you were talking about with the uh, the drivers making that call in between the top twelve and the fast six. You know, Andretti Autosport only had one car in it. They didn't transfer to the fast six. Did you talk? You you were down in the garage. Did you talk to anybody, or did like? Is there any anything known from just the general chatter? Did guys take big swings? Did they make big changes, or did most people try to go roughly with what they'd run in the top twelve? Or did you hear any cool stories about that? Yeah, no one, no one really laid it back, um, because again, this I don't. It was interesting to to look at the Ganassi cars. I mean, there was four of them, right? And all four had a different front wing configuration. It's right? so, so funny. So even them, they still are like not really sure, right? Um, and so I, I think our our biggest issue at Andretti is we still don't we still haven't really diagnosed. Do you trim, or do you like try and reduce scrub, right? Like what is actually faster, right? Like, and I don't. We don't have it figured out yet. Maybe, maybe ECR and Ganassi do, right? But no, it's not. It's not the days of old where it was really straightforward. You right. just you trimmed more, and it was then going to be up to you to be brave enough to to stay flat on lap four, right? Now there's a legitimate. You're still flat, right? But you're you're too trim that you're actually not going any faster. And where that cutoff is, especially based on the ever-changing conditions, based on wind gusts, based on the track temperature seeming to be more of a penalty at lower numbers this year than it has been years in the past. Like in years and years past, like it only went bad once you got kind of above 118 and then got into the high 120 range. This year, like above 108, like it's it's a good 10 degrees um, cooler now where the track starts to go to crap. Um, which is concerning, scourging for race day. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if that's the sealer because it's darker, right? Makes some sense. Or is it cause it's newish? Maybe there's, as it heats up, there's still there's some residue left over or, yeah. yeah. Um, so I think, I think, I don't know. There was no one that finished the top 12 and was like, take three degrees out and let's just, yeah. It, right? yeah, yeah. That doesn't really exist. Um, so, but what was fascinating was to watch what the Ganassi cars were able to do because yeah. you know, our window of acceptable fall off was, and I think a lot of teams for most of the month, you're trying to stay in that one and a half to two mile an hour range, right? The fact that not only he opened it at two thirty four four, but only fell off 
seven tenths of a mile an hour. It's yeah. So like, like traditionally the faster your first lap is that just, you're taking more energy out of the tire, right? And you've got so little downforce on the car that that has a knock on effect as you go into the run. And by lap four, you've used so much more of the tire by going even like it's, it's insane. The differences we're talking about, like the difference between a half mile an hour, a mile an hour on one lap on lap one. Yeah, it, it, what the amount more energy that takes out of the tire by the time you get to lap four is it's unbelievable. So yeah, the fact that they maintained that kind of pace throughout that run was nuts. And we you know we talked a lot about the the draw being so important because of conditions. And I just want to relate to people why that matters so much, right? Because you're like, oh, so the temperature goes up a little bit. You know, why is that such a big deal? To put it into perspective, after the top twelve, we looked at the cumulative time of the full run. For Scott Dixon, who was first in the top 12, and for Tony Kanaan, who had finished sixth and just transferred, right? So the top six cars. Over a 10-mile run, that takes roughly two and a half minutes. The total time difference was three-tenths of a second. Not three-tenths of a second per lap, total. So... When we're talking about, yeah, the clouds came over and it cooled the track down three degrees. That's why that matters. Because even if it is the most microscopic change in grip level, that matters because of the time differences we're talking about. We sit there and... So you're saying it's two and a half minutes versus two and a half minutes, 0.3. Correct. That's wild. Isn't that insane? versus 229.7. Right. Unbelievable. That's crazy. Over 10 miles. That's the difference there. And so, yeah, every, every gust of wind, every bit of shade or bit of sun, every, everything makes a difference. And it's so funny when you sit there and stress it out because you're like, oh, my God, we're a mile and a half an hour down on a lap. That's like a tenth of a second on a lap. You know, it's really, it's really not that much time when you think about what we're doing out there. It's insanity how tight it is and how close it is. And that's what's so awesome about this race and also what's so annoying about this race it just can do your head in from a team and driver's standpoint it is it is a wild wild challenge so i've always i've always thought as a spectator like how much does it up your day on a qualifying run if you like have to sneeze i mean it doesn't you have so much adrenaline coursing through your body bodily functions don't exist yeah it doesn't happen i think i've burped once in a car but i've never sneezed um sneeze in a car but just not during qualifying I guess yeah. that gets like to... I sneeze during practice often, especially with the allergies that's been happening this month. It's out of control. <laughs> I think I've sneezed more in a race car this month than I've sneezed <laughs> outside the race car because I'm just getting blown. It just blows a forcing ram air pollen into my face. Ah, the sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every basket, every game, every point, every play. 
From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a three-pointer at the buzzer to tie the game or a player that goes two for two at the foul line. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. All right, well, qualifying in the books could have gone better. Um... Sorry, Alex. You think? Oh, it's fine. I'll call that James. <laughs> he and I tied. I don't know what you're uh, talking about. I, I'm, on the, I'm on the front row for this. The, the seat's available for me. Well, clearly, I mean, honestly, I guess you can just put whatever number you want on the pylon, and that's where you start. Yeah. Yeah, uh, according, according to the photograph. I'm uh, not so then we the ran, upside down six car, so I started. We, we ran uh, practice on Monday, so they added – another practice session at some point last week that decided to run Monday, which we've done before, but haven't made it super consistent. Uh, I imagine most teams are pretty glad that that extra track time exists, especially since we lost Wednesday due to weather, but um, track conditions, pretty cold, a little windy, not going to be what we see on race day. Although now I'm hearing that we might be rained out carb day, right? So we might have some weather carb day. Yeah. Carb day is questionable. So it's, Super beneficial then that you guys got that track time, even though it wasn't necessarily representative conditions. Correct. Yes. Um, yeah, it's always it's always weird, right? You you spend, I mean, usually three days kind of at this crazy boost and these big speeds and everything, and then you get right back in the car either Sunday afternoon or Monday. And everything's turned back down to its race level. To do. Full down is slower Full engine. Downforce. It feels so slow. And you're like, oh. It's this broken. Is pretty, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. And then you get behind the car and you're like, oh, never mind. Yeah. So um, it's, it's always kind of a head trip. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's nice in a way to kind of not have to think about qualifying anymore. You know, you can just solely focus on, on one thing. Um, and I'll tell you something, man. Like we... <laughs> We haven't really, we're on our start car. I mean, we haven't really, really? changed anything. Um, there's nothing, there's there's no magic fix for our current kind of era of IndyCars at Indianapolis. You know, we've, we've talked about this in the past. We don't right. need to get into it again. But, um, you know, it, it's really hard, deep in, deep in a pack. Obviously, you know, that's why I was so frustrated in qualifying. You know, it's, it's a shame the Indy 500 has become a track position race but that is just the, the reality that we live in. So there's really nothing that you can do to the car um, to, to fix that. I feel like we're in a, in a good place. You know, I don't feel that we're any worse than anyone else. Um, we never got passed, but we also really didn't pass anyone either. So it's going to be a, a race of strategy. It's going to be a race of fuel mileage. It's going to be a race of getting very good starts and restarts, um, hopefully catching a break on a yellow or two and, and then if you're at the front, then, you know, hopefully you have the car speed to, to stay there. But it's uh, certainly a different 
Indy 500 that is than than what we've seen in the past. It's going to be hot on Sunday, so just be prepared. So on the starts and restarts point, because obviously everybody knows that's especially lately that's been the best time to try to make up some track position, and you can do it pretty successfully. A lot of guys have hung it out on the outside on that first lap and made up some some big ground. Um, with this penetrant that's been put down, I mean the 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 whole the, the racetrack looks visibly like from a color standpoint very different from the racing line to offline, which is not normally quite as pronounced as what it is now. And I'm wondering if there's concern from the drivers about whether or not even on a on a like a getting up to speed lap like first lap of a start or restart what that grip level is like out there and are people still going to be, you know, certainly early on willing to risk it and, uh, and throw it up there. Well, here's what, (laughs) this is the most messed up thing about in oval racing, not just the Indy 500, but really the Indy 500. So we have more practice here than we do for any event that we go to by like a significant amount by a significant amount yet because it's Indy 500 and because these cars are such pieces of art and have taken so long to, to get as good and as fast and as well-built as they are. And that if you crash one, you know that the next car that you're getting is not going to be nearly as good, right? From a, just a performance standpoint, you are so risk adverse, right? And so the only time that you're going to try anything is the race. So, yeah, no, I'm very concerned. Am I still going to go there? A hundred percent. Like I, yeah, for me, I don't from really 20th, have, what are you going to do? Yeah. I don't have a choice. So yeah, I mean, it very well could be zero grip and take off understeer and that's, that's it. But I also am like not going to sit there all day. So we yeah. will all find out together. We're going to go on a journey, and it's either going to be great or it's going to be really bad. I'm so glad you have it on board. It's going to be so awesome. So that's, that's where I'm at. So, um, well, anything we should be, be looking out for from uh, your, your two expert opinions for the, uh, the lay viewer on Sunday? I think, I think what you're looking out for is no one is going to want to lead this race. Right. Absolutely no one. So because of fuel economy, because of fuel economy. Yeah. Just if you're, you're punching a bigger hole in rough air, if you're up front. Correct. This race could have very easily been won by Graham last year who started way in the back and it's easier to save fuel in the back because you have so, so much of a, of a slipstream effects kind of carrying you along. I think you're going to see a pretty slow pace in the beginning because okay. again, the leaders are not going to want to lead. Um, and the guys in the back are not going to want to really charge forward or at least make big attempts to charge forward because everyone's going to try and be going long to catch that yellow. Right. Ultimately, you know, Elio made that yellow last year. Scott and I tried to, we didn't, we went two laps down, Elio won the race. Right. So I think that's fresh in everyone's mind. Everyone knows what Graham did last year. Um, And on top of that, it's going to be 20 degrees hotter than it was last year. So I think you're going to see a lot of probably a pretty conservative approach for the first half of the race. Um, And then obviously, you know, things start to to become more clear to everyone. But yeah, I think it's going to be pretty, 
pretty laid back in the beginning. What do you think, James? Yeah, I think I think that's spot on. You know, I think with this race, what usually happens is you get to about lap 70, 75, and that's really when the engineers start reverse engineering from lap 200. So they think, all right, from lap 200, the earliest we could possibly stop and make it is this lap. Okay, so to get to that lap, we have to at least make it to this lap. And they kind of work backwards from that point based on where you are in the line and not wanting to go extra laps down if, you know, where the leader is and mm-hmm. things like that. So there's there's a lot that sort of evolves as as it happens. But yeah, you, as those is right. plans are made, you hear God laughing. And right, exactly. Yes. I mean, yeah, the joke is you make... tire falls off. <laughs> you... You make plans A, B, C, and D, and by like the third lap, all of them are no longer, you know, viable plans and you go from yeah. there. But what's what's interesting, man, is like you talk about the not wanting to lead and for the sake of saving fuel. What inevitably happens is at some point, somebody that started in the top 10 gets real excited to lead laps at the Indy 500. Connor Daly. Yeah, Connor Daly. <laughs> he wasn't the only one, but yeah, and he's not the only one in history that's done it. Like, it's there's there's times when this happens, and, you know, he's the first to admit that if he's in that position again this year, he's backing way out and not thinking about leading as many laps. But uh, I, I'm very curious to see who that's going to be this year, because it's going to be someone. It, it always happens. But you look at who's kind of starting in the top 10 – Rojan. Well, that's the that's the closest guy that Jimmy. doesn't have as much experience. Jimmy's going to be co. I mean, Jimmy's going to be told, and he's going to be probably more comfortable sitting back and waiting. If you look at how he approached the Texas race, he was kind of sit back and wait till that last, you know, quarter of the race. TK's got this great line he always uses. He said on Sunday, there's two races. There's the race from 180 or 100. Sorry, there's a race from lap one to lap 180, and then the race from 181 to 200. And they're going to look very differently. You know, it's it's going to be uh, it's going to be fun to watch. Well, the other thing that I think is going to happen, and and I don't want to put this into the universe, obviously, in terms of people people's well being, right? But we've had one of the cleanest months of May we've ever had. We've had right? one proper incident the entire one month. Yeah, and incident. by the way, did you guys on Peacock apologize to Dalton for jinxing him on that? We did not. Okay, because well, you talked about how clean it was a lot <laughs> right before he wrecked. We sure did. So, so I've also seen some videos. I've seen it with my own eyes behind people. I saw a photograph last night that I sent to James. There, well, have I, I been watched people, that happen live. <laughs> there have been people that have what we call um, written a lot of checks, right? Yeah. And so far, the checks have cleared. And what that means is they're false sense of security and confidence is just rising. It's almost like credit card debt. Your card keeps keeps working. Yeah. Okay. Keeps working until you get it to your limit. Nice. At that point, when your limit has been reached and your card has declined, you can no longer cash in anything and you crash, right? And so there are a lot of people who are very close to their credit card limit. And I feel like it's all going to come out in the race yeah collections and, is going to be uh, knocking on some doors on yes. uh, on sunday yeah and when those and, and when those I checks don't cash, not the team it. has to write a big one yes correct correct it's uh <laughs> yeah man it's it for sure there have been there's a couple a couple people out there that a couple of big spenders yeah like i i hate i hate to use the term and i hope i'm wrong names? we sure aren't but I, I hate to use the term and i hope that i'm wrong but there's some there's some drivers out there I'm I'm kind of classifying as inevitable yellows, and it's just <laughs> it's just 
whether or not it's purely them or they take someone else as well or they like make someone else go off and they get away with it like there's so many different scenarios that can play out here but it's the problem is it's when it's so tight and it's so tough to pass risks are going to get taken more now you know because like you say in the up to practice most people try to be a little bit more reserved some people were not doing that but the people they're racing were giving them a lot more leeway to pull off some of those moves than they're going to get in the race. And that's when it's going to get iffy. Well, in honor of the, uh, the honorary race starter, Miles Teller promoting the Top Gun Maverick movie. I'm going to quote my favorite movie, Top Gun one. I want some butts and I want them now. (laughs) Your ego's writing checks that your butt can't cash. Yes. So we got some of that going on. That was, a, that was a roundabout way. I just love Top Gun. All right, guys. The 106th running of the Indianapolis 500 is coming at you this Memorial Day weekend on Sunday on NBC, 11 a.m. We're going live Eastern time. We got a nice big pre-race show, an hour and a half, which is uh, pretty exciting. We don't get uh, that kind of time on network normally, so we're excited to have it. Please tune in and follow along yep. on Peacock if you want. You can watch on television. You can do it all. And Alex, best of luck going for number two, bud. Um, I'm going to need it. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to add producer Tim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean Tim. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors.